Hey nerds, support Venture Forth over on our Patreon and unlock exclusive bonus content. Now onto the show. Hello world at large, I'm Shreya. And I'm your DM, Ethan. Welcome to Venture Forth. Previously, the party had ended an epic battle within the Dakir ruins. You all had come to blows with members of the Order of the Red Wolf and fallen to their blades and spells. Reawoken, attached to pillars. You all had come to and discovered that the remaining members there were attempting to open a portal to the Plane of Fire. After a brief talk with the newly freed Zorkal, it was determined that the Iron Light was being hunted, most likely by one of their own. Zorkal had spoken with Flynn and relayed information that Kaelin had taken herself up north and begun investigating this sinister plot of murders. It was shared with the rest of the group that Flynn himself might be in danger if this culprit was not found out. Though unfortunately, the rest of the party would be too slow to get to Keed, where Kaelin was currently presiding, it was determined that Shreya was the only one with the speed to get there in time to relay the crucial information. As the group said their goodbyes and gave Shreya some parting gifts and some parting words of wisdom, Shreya, you transformed yourself into an eagle and with the wind underneath your wings you took flight over the Bartok rise towards Marstock. So Shreya, as you soar high and high up into the sky, you take one last look back and see the rest of your party there. Soon though, they are completely dissipated within the clouds that become thicker and thicker as you climb this mountainside. Soon you can't see them at all. Soon you can't hear them at all. You continue to climb and climb and climb. And as you look forward, peaks start to rise. Peaks of stone and rock and and these gray, knife-like shards coming up out of the earth. You continue to rise and ascend. You continue to fly up, and this Bartok rise seems almost endless as all of a sudden on the ground, on the rocks, you can begin to see patches of snow. You can see these little white patches that become thicker and thicker the more you climb into the sky. How is it uncomfortably cold? Like, is it starting to to work at me? Or is is it... It is not impeding you whatsoever, but as you continue to climb... The first thing that hits you is not necessarily the cold, but almost the lack of oxygen. Eventually, you begin to to feel the cold start to pierce your wings and and pierce your feathers. Uh, I start to steady my my, uh, climb as I 
continue determinedly to get over this ridge. <laughs> Uh, looking around, uh, I'm darting around the, the tops of the ridges, uh, just desperately trying to find a, like, some kind of inlet between the peaks that I could possibly get through. Can I see anything? Make a perception check for me. And as an eagle, do you have any advantage on that? Yes, I actually get advantage on, uh, on that roll. So, in this case, uh, that is, uh, 23. 23. Um, your your eagle eyes dart back and forth, and pretty soon you expertly carve a path through these mountain ridges. You see almost like a river breaking through these rocks, um, this inlet that you can perfectly dive through. It actually shelters you a little bit. As these rocks are jutting out from the side of the mountain, it almost protects you from the winds that are now picking up. Ugh, I, I uh, duck my, my beak down and... Uh flare my, uh, tuck my, my back wingspan as I dive through this, uh, opening and just squint, uh, ever slow, ever so, uh, nimbly maneuvering my way, uh, through this, this inlet, uh, toward the other side. All right. And as you do, you look towards the mountain once again, and at this point you can see nearly no gray. You have completely lost the rocks as it is now all overtaken by ice and snow. And you, for a moment, have a hard time differentiating between what is the snow on the rocks and what is this thick white cloud that has formed around you. For a brief moment, I arc my feathers back uh, almost in attempt to retreat uh, and then remembering that, that I, I can't go back. Uh... I flare my, my feathers out again as I uh, open them out, catch some air to try to get above uh, to get above this cloud. Is that possible? And as, as soon as you have this thought of, of fortifying yourself, you burst through the top layer of the clouds. You look out and like a blanket laid out there over Elbor, you can see this thick white cloud laid out before you just at a couple points you can just barely see these these peaks rising up above the mountain and for the first time in what must be the better part of two hours of you climbing the side of this this mountain you feel warmth you feel sunshine on your wings as you have finally broken the veil of this cloud i kick back uh in in a moment of of relief uh, and uh, acknowledgement that in this almost purer form of, of, of winged beast, of winged animal that I feel slightly even more at home with, I kick back my wings and uh, soar straight upward toward the sun and bathe myself in the warmth and light uh, as I take in the fullness of the peaks of the ridges below me and I, and I let out just uh, a, a joyful shriek. <coughs> And I flip around and uh, coast myself to where I'm uh, just feet from the, the top layer of clouds, getting to know the contours of them, ducking into them, almost playing with the clouds as I, as I coast further away from the peaks uh, toward what's next. And not even five minutes after you break the surface, 
thoughts of any cold, uh, any any snow, any chills that had run up your body are completely gone as you feel completely free and comfortable to fly above the clouds here. Uh, even as I continue to weave in and out of these cloud layers and and up and through, uh, for a second I, I, I even forget what I'm doing. I'm so lost in it. And I have this moment of remembering the last time I was alone. The last time I was on my own, bound for somewhere that I didn't even really know. Uh, and for a, for a moment, uh, I, I pause and my wings arc and I go up and, and I move up toward the sky and I'll hover for a second and, and just clock the fact that I am a beast again and I make and as I finish pausing and, and just re-getting my bearings I take myself out of survival and instinct and remember that I'm fighting for a greater purpose and I'm gonna blast down below the cloud layer and see what's below and as soon as you break that initial layer of of clouds your vision begins to expand once more and you can see now laid out in front of you the clouds beginning to dissipate as you have made it to the other side peaks no longer jut up from the ground but rather a steep slope greets you as you break through these clouds you can see a steep slope downwards as the height of the Bartok Rise is now behind you. You're going to have to descend for a little while before you can fully clear all of the fog and, and completely clear the clouds. But it seems as though the peaks have been dealt with. So at this point, I can I can tell which way is up and which way is down. And I'm very much... Yes. I'm, I'm interested in descending down the other side of this ridge. And as you break through this veil and begin descending down... You start coasting on the updrafts that are created by these these massive boulders and different rock formations that are naturally occurring here. And you find it almost easy to drift down, floating very similar to the way a leaf floats along the currents of air. And by the time you can actually see where the mountains end, where you can see where the foothills meet the ground, you haven't had to flap your wings once on the way down. It has been an easy coast as you are expertly finding the best currents of air to ride. But as you get to the foothills of the mountains, you look forward and you can see that these white clouds that have been accompanying your travel so far begin to darken and turn gray along the horizon as you can start to see the beginnings, the edge of a forest beneath you. You can also see just above them, the start of storm clouds. Uh, as I take in these storm clouds and the, what, what are, do, in terms of how full they are, like the how dark they are uh, and how my visibility as I'm moving toward them, uh, I want to take a second and see what would be the most efficient way to either circumvent them by 
perhaps flying above them or even like coasting because you said there were trees here right as yes. this canopy is starting to emerge or perhaps if I were to just uh, glide along the tops of the trees uh, how thick does the how thick does the cloud how thick do the clouds in front of me appear and how far can I see into the uh, this oncoming what appears to be a storm I'm gonna have you make a survival check for me fantastic uh, 15. A 15. Um, yeah, so as you are looking out, you can see really three possible avenues for you to take at this point. It would be possible for you to coast at a higher altitude and completely fly above these storm clouds. You could fly through the trees and possibly navigate around some of the uh, some of the fog that's created or as you're looking out over this forest you can see that these storm clouds aren't quite thick enough to produce rain yet it probably wouldn't be too treacherous for you to simply fly through them though that could change at any moment as you know that storms are quite temperamental you can see however on the horizon um, that these storm clouds do get thicker and thicker. You cannot see or hear any rain or thunder yet, but you can see that they are beginning to accumulate on the horizon. Uh, and how thick is the forest that I'm approaching? Is it is it like... At this hardly... point, you can see it's, it, it's just at the foothills of the mountain. It's a little bit sparse, but you can see um, off in the distance, it does get thicker and thicker. Uh, one more thing I'm going to just look for as I, as I, like, are there areas of the landscape ahead of me that, that seem to sink? Uh, like I might be looking for like a creek or, uh, or some sort of water source to be able to follow along. I'm going to have you make a perception check. Amazing. Okay, great. Uh, and you do 20. have advantage on that. Oh, I do. Yeah, you are still right. the eel. Nope. Don't do better than that. Uh, 20, dirty 20. Dirty 20. Um, yeah, so as you're as you're looking through this forest, um, a normal observer probably wouldn't be able to see this, but you can just barely see where some of the trees are sort of coalescing. You can see almost like a river of itself running through this, this area of trees that are just a little bit more full, um, a little bit greener, probably indicative of them being close to a water source, a large water source. Uh, feeling the, the weariness and the uh, effort that it took to, to uh, surpass those mountains, uh, I'm going to glide along. I'm going to gain speed and gather speed and then uh, attempt to maneuver across that water source just above uh, where the branches and trees get very thick as in addition to I don't want to get ahead of myself but as as I look down toward that water source I also look for uh, like tiny um, rodents or rabbits or anything that I can possibly eat along my journey all right um, so you do dive in and before the forest gets too thick before you would be able to not be able to um, penetrate that top layer of canopy 
you are able to find a way into uh, the, the forest itself. You begin to navigate around, and after just a brief minute or two, you're able to see and hear a small creek running through. Um, not by any means a large river, but a, a, a water source nonetheless. And as you begin to trace that with your, your pattern of flight, I'm going to have you make another perception check um, to uh, try and find some rodents. Uh, that is a 24. And before, uh, I don't know if I can bake this into the same perception check, but uh, how do, as I enter the forest, uh, and now that I have some sense that different forests can <laughs> display different characteristics, uh, how, how am I getting a read on this forest? What d- Does it Ooh. feel different? Does it feel magical? Does it feel... Uh, just like a very natural forest. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have you make a spooky vibes check. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, that is a 14 on the spooky vibes check. A 14. Um, as you are flying through this forest, um, you don't get any foreboding senses. Um, as you look around, you don't quite feel as watched as you had in, say, previous forests. Um, You don't feel like someone is always watching you. You're not really getting that feeling. There isn't as much of a darkness within this forest. But for the last time, you're able to look up into the sky before the canopy gets thick enough to where it's completely covering the sky. And for a brief moment, you look up and you see the storm clouds. And you just get a little shiver on the back of your neck before the sky is completely covered by the canopy of trees, green are all around you, um, singing of birds, the uh, the gentle bubbling of the creek beneath you, um, and a small little mouse who is currently taking a drink at that creek. Uh, I hover ever so slightly as I approach it, uh, and with a seamless... Uh, quieted, slow hush. Uh, I descend as lightly as possible and right at the last second, let's see how effectively I can do this. Uh, I'm just going to lightning quickly reach out my talons and attempt to carve my talon through the skull of the rodent and through its body. All right. Delivered into my mouth in one sweeping motion. Let's see if I I can do that. I'm going to have you make a stealth check for me. All right, great. A seven. Okay. You are sweeping down, and just as you do, it seems that the mouse drinking from this small little creek has seen a slight reflection in the water and looks just up behind it to see you approaching. I'm going to have you make, um, I'm going to have you actually roll initiative. Oh, great. Against this mouse. 15. That is a 15 for you, and... Uh, That is a 9 for the mouse. So, um, I'm going to have you make an attack roll. 
Great. Yeah, that, that'll just, just be a simple uh, claw attack. Yeah, talons. Uh, yeah. 14. Does a 14 hit? A 14. Um, lightning quick. As the moment the mouse sees you, it is completely snuffed out. As now it has a talon buried deep into the back of its skull. Uh, and as I, with the same motion that that is that I bury the talon in, I scoop, uh, I scoop the mouse back uh, into my beak. Uh, as I sweep up from the creek, uh, carrying it in my mouth, I use the momentum that I'm carrying up with and briefly uh, rear back to throw the mouse into the air, and then I catch, uh, I catch it in my. Uh, as it go, I catch it in my beak uh, as it goes down my throat, and uh, I continue along the same path uh, that I was soaring at before um, amongst the uh, top layer of canopy. All right, and without missing any time, you continue your glide forward um, and continue making your way through. As the forest around you gets thicker and thicker, you are beginning to have to dodge in between trees, in between branches, up and over slight hills. Are you going to continue on through the forest? Uh, as I as I dart between the the canopies and the the treetops and the the branches, uh, I start to remember. Even though this is a very different forest, I start having images and memories of my of my fellow party members, and I start to miss them, and I start to just Im- even imagine. Uh, what my previous role as a scout might have been, and I have a yearning in my heart for them. As I, as I just dart around, my eyes toward the forest floor, almost looking for them. Uh, do I do I see anything along the forest floor as I'm as I'm just looking, uh, kind of wistfully? Um, nothing out of the ordinary. You still see the creek that you are um, that you are flying over. Um, every once in a while, you will see. Um, larger um, both flora and fauna as as you move through uh, that are coming to partake within this creek. Nothing out of the ordinary, though. Uh, and before I resolve to... As I, as I see it's getting more difficult, uh, I resolve to, to, to break... Fr- to, to find an opening in the canopy and, and break above it. Uh, my last flashing thought before I do that uh, as I... Not, I'm not casting a spell to speak with uh, the plants, but I, but I, I, I cast out this, this, like just message, uh, almost to myself, and to the forest of like, how old are you? Uh, and how do the trees look? In terms of like, does this forest look like it's been here for a while, or does it seem like new growth, new sap, new seeds? Um, looking around, you see a a mixture of trees that have the the size and the bark texture of trees that are ancient. And on top of that, you can see moss and growth and flowers that are relatively new. But you can see that the the base layers of this forest are very old. Orland, okay. Does it look like? Does it look like the trees are like are able to be well kept and they've like 
cemented their status here, or does it seem like there are other weeds and other over, under, overgrowths and undergrowths? The majority of the forest seems very well fortified within this area. And all of the, the um, plants and animals around seem to be very much in harmony with everything else. One thing that might be better, somehow my companions were able to be with me. It's under my breath. As I uh, break the top layer of canopy, and what do I see when I break the top layer? Um, as soon as you break the top layer, and it actually takes you a couple minutes to find a place to break, um, right. as as you would have to um, pretty much claw your way through um, trees and branches. Right. But you're able you're able to find a uh, small opening, and as you break the top of the canopy, you look up, and once again you see gray clouds getting thicker and thicker off in the distance. But as you look off into the horizon, you can see that the forest itself begins to dissipate. Trees get more and more sparse as you can see the end of the forest in front of you. Uh, I'm going to try to make my way toward what looks like the end of the forest. Uh, Do I see anything beyond that end of the forest other than clouds, thick clouds? Um, Yes, you are just on the horizon able to see an additional mountain range. You can't quite see the town of Marstock just yet, as it's still quite far away, but you can see that mountain range um, that you know accompanies Marstock to the west. As the forest changes on the the horizon, uh, do I see any, like, um, uh, 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 approaching the peaks, is there? Does it look like there's anything beyond the forest that's like not town and not forest, or am I still? Is the forest still too thick for me to be able to see beyond that at this point? Um, at this point, laid out in front of you, you're able to see the forest below you. You're able to see the mountain range, the sort of southern piece of the Elder Peaks, um, and sort of off to the north, you can just barely catch um, a a larger river that seems to be running south and into this forest and you can assume that this is probably the source of that creek Ah. Uh, just out of curiosity I'm just going to make my way toward where that larger body of water is and uh, attempt to see now my hunger has been slightly sated but I have a love for all of the beings I I, I think to myself wonder what sort of beings creatures inhabit this part of the wide world. And I'm just going to look out. You mentioned harmony and the harmony of nature and this forest and this the way it's idyllic uh, and my own solace and, and uh, appreciation of that guides me toward the mouth of that water source. All right. And as you approach, um, now you can see laid out in front of you as the forest comes to an end, the beginnings of a much larger river um, the sound below you, almost thunder-like in texture, begins roaring beneath you. It begins to get wider and wider and wider as you are as you are moving along it. And at this point, you can see, if you continue following this river, you can just barely see a point off in the distance that you can identify a town, Marstock, just off in the distance. Are there structures along... Am I able to see any structures along the banks of the river? Or 
as it as it winds out from the forest? Uh, you are not at this point. Okay. It seems that there are are no um, civilized structures along this this river at this point. Okay. Uh, briefly, uh, how do the by the way as the as the river approaches uh, the the beginnings of the forest? Uh, is there any change in the landscape that the river makes as as it approaches the forest? Like, is there any like is there a waterfall? Is there like a like is there a gorge? Is there like is there something that kind of marks the transition between the the river itself and the forest? Oh, um, yes, yes, there is. Um, and as you look down and and you are currently gliding over this area, um, you can see that the the creek itself that originates this this river. Um, moves out of the forest and beyond the tree line, and it actually meets into several larger pools. And it doesn't quite form, it's not quite the size of a lake, but you can see that these, that these pools of water, um, distinct in themselves, but sort of flow through one to the other, um, only differentiated by these large boulders, um, natural formations that sort of carve through. You can see that the water accumulates here and then forms into the much larger river ahead. Um, you can see that there are several sort of smaller waterfalls as these pools move from one to, to the other. Uh, I'm, as I can, I'm going to sweep down and attempt to break through one of the waterfalls to, to clean myself uh, without uh, getting caught in the currents of the waterfall. All right, I'm going to have you make an athletics check for me as an eagle. See if you can overcome the power of this waterfall. Uh, great. Natural 20. Natural 20 will do it. Um, you fly through, and at the very last moment, as you have your wings extended and are doing last-minute course corrections, the very last moment, you whip your wings back and form almost a, a dart that flies through this water. Um, you are knocked back, and, and it feels almost like a shock of cold water that is punching you in the back. But after a brief second, you emerge on the other side and see you have only lost maybe a foot in height um, as you emerge and once again expand your wings back out and continue flying through the waterfall. And and in that moment that I'm that I puncture the waterfall, uh, I find myself and part of my reason of doing it was to find myself in this place where I was cocooned, tucked in nature's ferocity as I hum deeply in the deepest part of this waterfall. It's like it's a hum, but it's also a um it's also a forceful driving through as if the land is, is breathing through me and I uh, rooted untether, untethered from it uh, as I bust out through the other end of the waterfall uh, and feel both at home and determined once again uh, I look down toward the pools you just described, and I also, I, I, again, that some time has passed, I'm going to look for uh, some fish to, to save my appetite. All right, I'm going to have you make another survival check for me. 
that one. A 16. A 16. Um, as you look down, you see a, uh, a school of four or five fish, maybe a foot long, um, as they are circling around each other, calmly within the pool. To isolate the biggest one that I can see and dive down toward it and grasp it in my beak. All right. Um, I am going to have you make another stealth check. Critical fail. <laughs> Critical fail. As soon as your talons puncture the water, um, all of the fish completely dissipate and, and swim off in their own directions. And uh, as your talon emerges from the water once more, you haven't even touched a fish. <laughs> Oh, my breath. Yeah, get your head out of the falls, Shrya. As I uh, swoop back up and not going for a different pool this time, uh, since that one's, I've already blown my cover, uh, I swoop down toward a different pool to see if I can find a different uh, source of fish. All right, make a perception check for me. Uh, dirty 20. A dirty 20. Um, yeah, as, as you fly towards the next pool, you can see that all of these pools um, seem to have almost their own self-contained ecosystem. You can see different types of fish within each one um, and, and different types of moss within. Um, and you do find another grouping of fish. I'm going to have you roll another stealth check for me. Oh, that's much better. Uh, 18. 18. Um, as you find the new school of fish, uh, you notice that these ones are a little bit more brightly colored. Their scales reflecting light uh, just a little bit more than the previous fish were. So you're able to dive down and get a direct bead on one of them. And as soon as your claws pierce the, uh, the veil of the water, all of the fish dart in different directions. Unfortunately for the fish, one of them darts directly into your claws. Um, and you sink your claws in and emerge once more, now holding a fish. Beautiful. Uh, in a similar fashion of how I tossed the uh, rodent up, uh, I'm, I'm going to give this fish uh, a slightly more forceful uh, toss so that uh, I can actually see it trying to, to swim through the air as it's released. Uh, and seeing this and seeing the getting a little bit lost in the reflection of the of the sun sparkling off the scales, uh, I'm then going to uh, dive bomb toward it, uh, whooshing my wings, and I'm just going to completely devour it uh, in midair. All right. Um, and as you do, you sort of uh, bring yourself back up to a coasting altitude. And uh, as soon as you're done eating the fish, you look out towards the horizon and see just in front of you the town of Marstock. You can see several buildings laid out. You can see the, the single central road, and you can see it all shadowed by now thickening storm clouds. Uh, does it look like there's like an active storm going now? Does it look like it's raining in the distance, the visibility? Um, you can see way off in the distance. You can just see sort of that, that wall of rain where it just becomes more difficult to see. But you can, you see that that rain has not yet reached Marstock. It's probably going to take maybe a day or two to reach Marstock. Uh, a day or two. Uh, do I... At this point, uh, do I see an area as, you know, as I've been traveling and traveling and traveling... 
I obviously don't want to take, as important as this is, I still don't want to take on exhaustion. Uh, so is there, is there a place, if the trees haven't completely vanished yet, uh, is there a place along the tree line that I could perhaps, like, even take a short rest to prevent exhaustion? Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, at this point, the forest, there's just the last couple of trees, um, and you would definitely be able to find one to, to perch into. Great. Uh, I'm going to do that. Uh, I'm going to find the most naturally occurring uh, as I hastily construct uh, a nest amongst what looks like perhaps the most welcoming set of branches as I, I'm not going to be here for too, too long, but just enough. Just I'm going to take just enough rest to be able to sustain me to continue my journey. All right. Um, and as you take that breath to yourself, you can mark down a short rest and you feel reinvigorated for uh, the next part of your journey as it's not going to take you very long to get to Marstock now at this point. Um, so as you complete your rest, you once again take flight and before long, you are soaring over Marstock itself. Um, the buildings directly beneath you. What would you like to do? Uh, I'm going to... Traveling by uh, portal quite a bit. Uh, I, I'm going to see if I can recognize uh, where Hayfreed's is uh, from the air. Um, yeah, it's it's the layout of the town of Marstock... Um, is is pretty easy to follow. You can see that there's that there's the one long central dirt road with um, with buildings on either side of it. You can see Hayfreed's Temple um, down at the very end, and fairly easily you can sort of pinpoint from Hayfreed's Temple where his house is, which is is only a few buildings away. Um, so you you fairly easily pinpoint where it is. Does the town seem like alive with? Uh with activity right now or is it uh my my goal here is to not make a huge scene of myself entering uh and going into the I, i'd prefer as, it if no one saw me for sure as a matter of fact um as it is the middle of the day um you don't see anyone really in town Though, as you look out, and and your eagle eyes give you a little bit of a, a better sense of this, as you look out towards the farms that are all around Marstock, um, the farms that, that lay out for miles around Marstock, um, you can see quite a bit of movement out there. Uh, you assume that most people right now, middle of the day, are probably out farming, out in the fields, out working, uh, and, and not too many people are in the town proper itself. At this point. Oh, great. Okay. So I'm going to do a quick little circle as if I were just intrigued by some element or aspect of the temple itself. I'm going to circle a little bit, and then I'm going to quickly, swiftly corkscrew down toward the entrance. And what do I see at the entrance? As I, I'm uh, gonna, the I'm temple? Just, yeah, I'm just going to land at the steps of it, still in, in Golden Eagle form. Um... Uh, you look forward and you see an empty temple. Temple, right? Uh, I'm going to wander in, still in gold, golden form. Okay. On my talents. 
I'm just going to. Is the the doors open? The door is open. The door is open. Yes, okay. As as you enter, um, you see all of the chairs set up, um, it, all all facing forward. Um, you can see the interior, which is mostly painted white, although in areas some of that paint is beginning to chip and and rot away. Um, and with each step that you take, your claws make contact with the stone, and even that in this empty building is enough to to just barely echo off of the walls. Uh, so caught up and obsessed with speed and efficiency, I'm going to attempt to call out to Hayfried, but all, all, all that's heard is... <laughs> But does anyone hear? You do not hear anyone. And my thoughts. Oh, right. Uh, as I, my eyes roll back and uh, I tap into the core of my atoms as I thrust them forward uh, magically, uh, I my feathers start to warp and reality warps around those feathers as uh, you see in the transformation that's starting to happen. uh, It's almost prisms and shards of light that expand and expand and expand uh, as the first thing that's seen is the top of my crystal staff. uh, As that warps down and materializes, you see my hand holding it and slowly but surely uh, I assume my former uh, Shreya self. Hey, Freed! Uh, I call out into the distance of the temple. You hear your voice echo off of the walls, but you do not hear anything. Ah! Find my way to uh, And do I, do I remember how to get to his house from the temple? Uh, yeah, it's just a couple of buildings over. Okay. Uh, so I exit the temple. Uh, I walk down the steps as I make my way toward the house. Okay. Um, And soon enough, you make it to the house. You try the front door. It opens up. And the first thing that you see sort of off to your right is a large black rectangle, roughly the size of a door. Uh, I always hate this. Uh, I'm guessing this is the entrance to the void. This is, yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to slowly sidle my way up to it and then uh, I'm going to plunge one hand into it and just uh, sensation and then I'm just going to just dive into it. All right. Um, And as you do, uh, you can see at this central platform that that you have come to know, um, you can see two figures. First, you see the dwarven visage of Hayfried, and next to him, you can see Timmy. Um, as as Hayfried has his hands up in the air, you can see him in a very similar pattern to what you had seen previously, moving and shifting platforms around. Um, you can see Timmy standing right next to him. He has a book open, and it seems that he's frantically taking notes, sort of jotting down everything that Hayfried's doing. And... As Hayfried continues to, to move his hands around, you expand your view out to the platforms that he's actually moving. And you can see now that before it was sort of a jumbled mess. Platforms here, platforms there, um, 
no real order to it. You see Hayfried sort of organizing them a little bit more. You can see that there are several platforms with cages, some of them now occupied with the foes that you had just vanquished and sent here. And you can see him with one fluid motion push these platforms out into a much more distant outer circle, still floating around the central platform. It seems that he's pushing these these prison cages away from the central platform as he takes the rest of them and forms them into a tighter concentric circle. Do I recognize some of the foes that we've sent here within those prison cages? Yes, you do. Um, Looking out, you can see uh, a red dragon. You can see a half-orc with a massive hole in its torso. And you can see a red tiefling. I grunt. Triumphant. Recognition. Remembrance. uh, As I walk forward... Uh, I say, uh, Efreed, at, at the culmination of, of your powers, you know how easy it was for me to just get in here? Yeah, I should probably start closing the front door. Take note, Timmy, as I look at him. Timmy kind of shrugs and like puts his head down and, and takes a note of that. You of all people should remember and be aware of how easy it is to be caught unawares. Well, I mean, I pity anyone who decides to come in here unannounced. Um, but, I mean, I gotta keep it open. I didn't know when you all were getting back. Fair enough. And, uh, well, is everyone else outside? No. They've sent me on my own. I've taken up the charge of, well, the small one. There are rumblings of mischief and treachery amongst the family that he calls home. I do not know much about it myself, yet I do love the short one very much and am dedicated to doing anything that will preserve his well-being and the well-being of his friends. So, I may need to commandeer one of your teleportation circles in order to be able to to complete this mission for him. I mean... for the good of his kind. I mean, they're always available to you. Um, I can... Here, let me... Uh, and he uh, he stops waving his hands around and organizing the platforms and uh, instead settles his hand on one, plucks it from the void, brings it down, and attaches it to the central platform. Uh, you can see that it is the teleportation circle platform. Eh. Uh, Just tell me, uh, where is it that you need to go? Ah, I believe it would be the closest... closest circle to a town called Keed. Uh, I'm gonna have to refresh my memory. Um, Give me one second. And uh, he pulls down another platform. uh, This one with a a map in its its center, one that he had showed you, uh, the the entire group previously, uh, with several identifying locations of where teleportation circles are. Um, he points out Keed on the map, which is in uh, sort of the the northeastern um, stretch of Ondale. And he points out two teleportation circles. He points out that there is one in the capital of Ondale, Stillgate, and he points out that there is one uh, on the eastern coast of Ondale, 
in a town called Saddle Mount, um, both about equidistant from Keith. Do you have knowledge of the northern lands? Do you, do you have any sense that I want to... It is very important that I get to Keith as quickly as possible. I've, uh, I've been up there a few times. Um, I mean, depends on how you want to get there. Uh, obviously, there's the Esther Grove right there, which would, if you're taking to Saddle Mount, that would sort of uh, be a bit of a, uh, a hinder. But, I mean, you got wings. I guess that's not really that bad. But uh, Stillgate, you would probably have a better chance of, like, chartering something, uh, getting a transport there. So it just depends on how you want to get there. To involve as few others as possible in this particular endeavor, then you're gonna want to you're gonna want to settle out. You are not gonna want to go to Stillgate if you want to avoid people. Yes, it seems to be a place where a lot of decisions are made regarding the, the, the countries in the north, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's what a capital is. Ah, right, right. Yes, of course. Uh. Saddlemount, what do you know of the people there? Uh, I haven't really... I mean, I think I've been there once. Uh, it's sort of a small fishing town. Uh, last I was there. Um, not too noisy. If you're looking for quiet, that's probably a good place to go. Um, I'd, I'd say. A fishing town, yes. Be able to... Be able to procure a little bit more nourishment without having to find it myself, if that's the case. Uh, I will also say, last time I was there was, oh, 50 years ago, 45 years ago. It, uh, the war could have changed a lot. Uh, avoiding the war fronts if possible as well, but if there are less opportunities for getting snags on my journey, then I think Saddlebound will probably Timmy! And I look over to Timmy. Yep. Have you learned anything from this Freed, since you've taken up residence here? I'm I'm really trying my best. Um and he sort of leans over to you. He just he just everything is like so fast and it's it's tough to grasp. Uh but I'm I'm really trying my best. But um yeah, I've I've been learning a lot. Um I've I've been learning how to clean things really well. Have you? And I look around. Does it look cleaner? It looks considerably cleaner. Yes, indeed. Well, good, good work, young one. Uh, I'm gonna tap my, uh, I'm gonna tap my hand on his shoulder, and uh, uh, a blue, a blue-gray light emerges out of my hand, um, and. Uh, he glows for a second as I cast resistance on him. Good, keep up the good work. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And um, as Hayfried just finalizes, sort of creating this this inner circle of platforms and then the outer circle of of prison platforms, um, he drops his hands. He looks to you, and you can see these dark circles underneath his eyes. Um, and you can see just like a physical and mental exhaustion. It looks like he's been awake for days. As he walks over to Timmy, 
sort of pats him on the back. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get some rest. Um, you guys got it from here, Timmy. Uh, Timmy will help you out with anything else that you need. Thank you, Hayfried. Get some rest, friend. Hayfried nods to you. Um, he walks along that long bridge towards the entrance to the void, and he disappears through the darkness, emerging into his house. Timmy. Yeah. One word before I go. As many words as you'd like. Uh, and I sort of raise my wing up just in case Hayfried's looking at how close they are. Hayfried is left at this He's point. Hayfried has okay. gone. He's gone. All right. Uh, I don't know if you noticed. Lynn had a habit of uh, good habit, my dad, trying to learn and pick up as much as he could from the wisdom of this place. The wisdom of Hayfrey. I know you may not want to go on mindlessly cleaning forever. There may come a point in time you may need to help Hayfried do things that Hayfried may have been able to do himself at one point or another. I would advise, even if it feels like you might be breaking the rules a little bit, seeing the things you might be able to pick up here and there, even if that's a book, uh, a way of watching Hayfried demonstrate his talents, or even asking directly if you could perhaps learn more than you thought you might be able to do, be capable of doing. Just keep your eyes open, young one. I mean, I well, I mean, I have been sort of studying close, and I have been picking up a few things. Um, I, can, I mean, okay. Do you want to see? Oh, sure. Yes, absolutely. All right. Just, just give me, give me one second. Um, and uh, Timmy runs over to the corner where there is sort of a, a table set up there and two chairs. And you can see that there are several flasks, um, several like containers, uh, and a couple of boxes of what looks like different ingredients. And he starts rifling through them. You can see Timmy pick out looks like a, a pinch of salt puts it down on the table you can see him take what looks like a tea leaf put it down on the table and you can see he, he picks up the pinch of salt sort of puts it on the tea leaf folds the tea leaf over puts it between his hands rubs it together opens his hands just a little bit towards his face and whispers a word into it and all of a sudden next to him shimmering in this light orange energy, an ethereal hand pops into existence. Oh, that's, uh, oh, that's quite oh, whoa, whoa, uh, And I, I sort of mirror the hand uh, and look at it and what can you do with this? Um, pretty much anything a hand can do. I can, I can send it to different places. Now, this is really helpful because now when Hayfried asks me to grab a book, I don't have to run all the way over to the bookshelves and I don't have to get the ladder and I don't have to go up. I can just sort of send this thing over and it grabs the books for me. Uh, I bring both my hands around the hand itself and, and try to feel the energy of it. 
Uh, what, what does it feel like it's stemming from? Make an arcana check for me. Right. A five. Uh, you don't really know. As you move your hands closer towards it, um, you can feel sort of like a warm, almost pulse coming from it, uh, but you can't really determine where it's coming from. Timmy, it's a great pleasure to see this. There are now things you know about the world and about magic that I could never possibly wrap my head around. Keep it up on all counts, boy. Thank you. I plan to keep learning. Um, you need to go to Saddlemount? Yes, yes. Uh, no time to lose. Uh, is the portal ready? Um, yeah, just just give me one moment. Um, and Timmy runs over to that same table where he grabbed components from before. Um, and he grabs a small piece of chalk. He runs over to the, the teleportation circle. And you can see that this teleportation circle is concentric circles all within each other and there are a bunch of runes all around it and uh, it, Timmy goes over and he starts writing in chalk over some of the runes and he looks back at you and he says hey Freed can sort of just do this I need I need the I need to write it out still I'm not quite that good so just give me one moment and uh, Timmy walks over and he, and he writes over some of the runes in this chalk he steps back and all of a sudden, it glows with uh, a bright green energy as the teleportation circle to Saddle Mount is activated. As I look into it, does it just, is it, is, are there any, is this is a question about all tele, that I've never asked about teleportation circles, uh, does it just seem like green sparkling energy or as I peer into it, is there any semblance of what's on the other side? You get no semblance no of what's semblance. on the other side. Okay. No. So it's it's this pulsing mass. I look, take one uh, last look at Timmy. Uh, I say, until we meet again, Timmy, Timothy, uh, either one, Timmy, and then I plunge myself into the. Oh. All right. You feel for a moment as if. The floor is swept out from under you, and you feel that jolt in your heart and in your chest that you get when you fall from a great height, but all of a sudden, the floor apparates around you, and you can see, not the void, but another small room. Uh, how large is the room? The room is about five feet by five feet. It's a okay. very, very small room, um, and you can see stone walls on all sides, except for right in front of you, where there is a wooden door. Is it empty? Or it is completely empty and barely dark. You can you can just barely see in here. Oh. Uh, bearings steps out. Do I still have any like void or portal effluence on myself? Um, you very quickly shake it off. It seems that the te the act of teleporting sort of overrides any of that, uh, any of that okay, weird feeling. It. Yeah, okay, great. Uh, ruffle feathers a little bit. Uh, mat down the ones by my head a little bit with my neck as I reach my hand out toward the door and open it ever so slightly and 
figure out. And as soon as you do, you can hear muffled sounds of dozens of people. I immediately slam the door back shut, realizing that that probably made a noise as I put my ear to the door to see what I can hear. As, as you hear outside, I'm going to have you make a perception check. Uh, 21. 21. Um, as you put your ear up to the door, you hear beyond the door. And as even as you opened it, the voices and everything was still muffled. So there might, it wouldn't be unreasonable to assume that there's another door beyond that door. Um, just in a, a very similar way that there was sort of a hut leading into stairs, leading into a room that had the teleportation circle um, with an oaken spire. That seems to be the same layout here. Um, but you do hear dozens and dozens of uh, different voices. You hear footsteps moving back and forth. Uh, it it sounds like the sounds of uh, quite a busy city. Although every once in a while, you can just hear the squawk of a seagull. I uh, go back up to the door, uh, twist the handle, uh, and briefly peer out. Do I see anyone in the next room? You do not. It is. It looks to be a very similar sort of empty shack type building. All right, uh, I make my way out through this door, close it behind me, and, and make sure it was exactly the same way it was when I uh, approached it. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm in a, I'm still in another large, like a larger building outside of that building or? Um, yes, it's, it's sort of a, like a, a small shed, um, pretty empty. But as you move up, um, you can see that there are three levers ah. in this room. And as you move up into this this shed area, the wall behind you that you are now in this shed area from, the wall behind you and the stairs completely close off, leaving you in this in this shed. Being at the point where that uh, reveals itself, um, I see another door at the end of. Yes, you see you see a door leading outside. Um, you can see that there that the the door is pretty solid and doing a pretty good job of muffling any voices outside. Is it, and it's closed as well? It is closed, yes. Levers on the wall, well, what do they look like? Um, you can see that they are all in the downward position. And as soon as the entrance to the, the lower level closes behind you, all of them and make their way back into the up position. Oh, so all three of them were. All three of down. them were face down. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna attempt to. How high is the ceiling in this place? No higher than eight feet. Eight feet. Yeah, it's not not very tall. Okay. Uh, I'm going to attempt to walk through toward the door. Okay. Are you opening the door? Yes. All right. Um, as you do, you immediately get the smell of sea air. That that salt and that brine that is in the air fills your nostrils. And you hear the sounds of outside of 
of creaking wood, of people walking on stone back and forth, of of different creatures of of different species talking back and forth. Um, you can hear uh, uh, the the stretching and pulling of rope, and you can hear gentle lapping waves coming up onto a rocky surface. So it's a, it looks like a, I can see out. So I'm out. I'm outdoors. I can see toward the 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 ocean at this point. As yes. Well? So as as you actually look around, going from this very dark room into all of a sudden having bright sun right in your eyes. It takes you a second to adjust. But as you look around, um, you can see that you are in pretty much in the middle of what looks like a port. Though you look around and this isn't seemingly a commercial port. There are not different ships. There are not different crews. Everything seems to be very unified. And as you look even further, you can see that everyone here are soldiers, naval soldiers, all wearing very similar dress, all with weapons on them, weapons of war. And as you look out towards the docks that you can just see to your right, you don't see the different sizes and different types of ships that you would normally see at a commercial port. You see a more standardized system of warships lining the coast here. You can see different boxes being loaded and unloaded onto these ships. You can see massive, heavy cannons of of intricate and some of them slightly arcane build. You can see all of these ships in this yard very intricately and, and detailed in their craftsmanship. I look up toward the the banners and the colors uh, at the top of uh, one of the ships uh, toward what might be a symbol or insignia uh, across uh, these these displays of, of, of how a ship might identify itself. Do I see anything? And immediately you see on the flag the orange and gold colors of Ondale, specifically of Ondale's military. A flag that you had seen on the day that you met Kellogg. Ugh. All their pride on full display. <clears throat> I grunt to myself uh, and I walk out toward. Is, is there a way that I can steer myself away from the docks and what, like, what the arena might be and, 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 and inland toward, uh, toward the. just going further away from the bay? For sure. Um, although you do notice as you close the doors to the shed, um, it almost looks to fade in and out of existence for a moment. Wait, it's the doors themselves to the shed? The entire shed. Oh, the entire shed. It almost, it almost has this waving transparency to it. And as you are looking around... You look back and you don't see the shed there anymore. And then you you think to yourself for a moment, no, there was a shed here. And as soon as you think to yourself that there is the shed there and you know what it looks like, all of a sudden it apparates again. 
and it starts to make sense to you in that moment why in this busy port no one else has discovered this teleportation circle. (laughs) It seems to you that only the people who specifically know that it's there can actually recognize its existence. My eyes go wide and I stretch out my feathers, clutch my staff with renewed vigor as I stand on my breath. Ah, Hayfried, your powers of concealment continue to impress me. Uh, And as you say that, right in front of you, on massive wheels and this gargantuan cart, a golden, what can only be described as as possibly a cannon, wheels past you. You can see this cannon almost looks like it's made of solid gold, but you can see sort of on the back of it an intricate machine with gears slowly turning in place. You can see an intricate framework in the design of this cannon as it rolls along and it goes down the path and you can see the people behind it pushing it and you can see them taking it out onto a dock and loading it onto a ship where 10 other of these intricate cannons are placed. Um, I'm, uh, I'm going to follow... And they, they don't appear to really notice me or pay me any mind. No one seems to. No. Okay. Uh, I, I, uh, good to not leave this place knowing nothing of what it once was. As I remember the conversation between Hayfried saying he hadn't been here in 40 or 50 years or so. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to see if I can make my way toward the center of town, if there's like a town square or something. Yeah, so you make your way through the crowd, and it's it's sort of difficult to discern, but with the path of people, you can sort of make your way towards the town center. Uh, and and as I as I and the, the town center, there's like a lot of space around me. Yeah, it it opens up into a pretty large courtyard area. Okay, uh, I'm just gonna take a quick last glance around. Uh, you said it's non-commercial. Does the center of town seem heavily militarized as well? As you move further away from the docks, uh, it gets a little bit less militarized, though there is still a very heavy military presence. It does seem that it is mostly the docks and the port that have been taken by military. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, on the edge of this town square, uh, I look around, see if anyone's looking my way uh, before I kick off into the air and fl- and swoop high into the air. Uh, and before I do, uh, something about having seen the banner on that ship, I look toward the center of the square. Are there any kinds of uh, like monuments or adornments in the center or is it just uh, like, a, like a crossroads and a green? Um, yeah, so as, as you're uh, looking, you look around and you can see, at first glance, what appears to be um, several statues. Although, when you move closer and upon closer inspection, you can just barely see cracks where the joints are. You can just see barely little spaces in the stone. And if you look even closer, underneath, you can just faintly see gears within the inside. 
I take note of this uh, and sweep high, high into the sky. Uh, and I remember Hayfried saying something about a wood, a grove, an ester grove, I suppose, uh, that he mentioned. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna soar about 250 feet into the air, and I'm going to make a make a gliding circle uh, around where I am, and. Uh, be on the lookout for wooded areas uh, away from the coast. So as you take flight from Saddle Mount, you begin to fly up further and further and further into the air. And as you fly towards the forest, the first thing that you notice off in the distance, the first trees that you see, they are red, this deep maroon. And where you would normally expect to see green within a forest, as far as the eye can see, red leaves and red trees. It shocks you at first, but after a couple minutes of looking at it, it it is quite a beautiful sight to behold. And as you are flying uh, uh, across these treetops, you almost get distracted within these, these deep reds. And in some points they changed to a slightly darker orange but pretty consistently red throughout and as you are flying over the tops of these trees i'm gonna have you make a survival check ah yes natural 20 natural 20 nice the beauty of these trees however do not distract you in the slightest from your mission as over the next couple of hours, you are able to glide and coast over these these beautiful groves of red trees, and finally are able to see the northern coast of Ondale that leads into a river heading south. And just beyond this red forest, you can see the town of Keed. As you approach and get closer and closer, you can see that Keed is perfectly positioned itself between this river that leads out towards the ocean and the red ester grove. You can see that the the trees and almost the forest itself interweaves and and intermingles with the town of Keed. You can see that the color red pretty much blankets this entire area. Not only are the trees that color, but it seems that the town itself has somewhat taken some design inspiration from its surroundings. You can see most of the rooftops here are a dark red or a dark orange, and it creates this this beautiful tapestry um, playing off of the blue of the river that you see in front of you and the red itself. So now as you glide just above the town of Keed, what would you like to do? Uh, I'd like to, if I can, uh, see if I can trace my way above some of the scenic-looking trees, like the veins of trees that you were describing earlier, uh, toward what the... like where it meets the banks of the river. That's a little bit, a little bit caught up in, in, in their natural splendor. Definitely. Um, and as you do, you notice that... To the casual observer, if if you were just flying over this town casually, you might not even notice that it was there looking down with the red rooftops playing in with the red trees. Um, and at this point, 
as the sun is just going down over the horizon, you catch this beautiful transition in the water where the water no longer reflects the blue of the sky, but it's now reflecting the yellows and oranges of the sunset. And it almost appears as though a red pane of glass has been put in front of you, like a red pane of, of transparent glass over the entire scene. As you can see, the oranges and the yellows dancing within the river. Uh, I'm going to... I've had a full day of travel. I've reached my destination now. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm going to touch down by the banks of the river itself. Uh, and I'm going to look around uh, up at the trees from below now uh, in their splendor. Uh, is there anybody down by the river? Is Does the town actually, like on the other side of the river, does the town continue or does the river mark like an out? Like does the river mark the edge of town? Um, you can see that the, the town itself uh, is mostly relegated to one side of the river, although there are um, there are quite a few buildings on the other side of the river as well, though a majority of Keed seems to be on the eastern side of the river. Looking around, can I get, can I observe anyone who's like noticed me touching down? I'm gonna have you make a perception check for me. Twenty one. Twenty one. Nice. Um, as you are looking at this town, sort of on the banks from a little bit of a distance, you can see a singular boat going past you. It seems to be a very like like a long canoe. And you can see a single occupant in the back, standing about three quarters of the way in the back, with a long paddle in their hands. And as they slowly paddle one side, lift up the long paddle, slowly tread the water on the other side, they look over to you, and you can see a human man. Uh, a little bit on, on the younger side, maybe... 20 years old and you can see just behind him a bucket filled with fish and in the front of the canoe uh, a large net that seems to be wrapped up for the day he is the only one that you can see as he looks over to you and continues rowing he sort of gives you a gentle nod as he continues rowing up the river back towards Keep. Uh, I'm going to look off into the distance of the direction that he's rowing. Is he rowing toward any kind of, like, a place to, I suppose, dock his his canoe for the night? Is there, like, more activity toward where he's headed? Yes, you can see quite a bit more activity where he's headed. You can actually see um, uh, a couple of docks that are there. And in sharp contrast to what you had just seen in Saddlemount, these are not huge warships. This is not a a place where immense trade is done you can see that over the course of 15 20 maybe 30 docks here there are no boats larger than this large canoe that you see this this young man paddling all right i'm gonna i'm gonna make my way over there uh i am going to hold an action though i'm going to hold uh wild shape as i approach the more populated area. Okay. 
Um, and as you walk up, you start to see a small path forming underneath your feet. Um, it was just dirt and, and sand as you were walking along the banks here, but eventually there is a, a slight path that begins to form that you can see winds along the bank and leads you into town. Um, there seems to be a small house off to your left, another one off to your left, another one off to your left, and they begin to become more and more uh, uh, densely packed as you come across the town and actually walk into Heed itself. Uh, looking around, uh, since it's dusk, as far as the day's ending, uh, does the town look like it's, similarly to what I asked before, is there a lot of activity? Uh, are there different types of beings around? Like, what, you know, what, where are they from? What do they look like, uh, if there are? You see a myriad of of all different types of creatures. Uh, most of them, not most, but there are. There seem to be more humans here than any other race. Although, if you're looking for a particular race, you can pretty much find at least one of of any any particular kind that you're looking for. Um, although, humans seem to to be most prevalent. Uh. What I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to clutch my staff to my chest uh, as reflecting mirrors kind of spurt out from all directions uh, and quietly collapse uh, as my staff absorbs into my body. Uh, and I'm going to wild shape into a squirrel. Okay. Um, and as you wild shape into a squirrel, your form reduces in size and you start to get these little puffs of fur replacing your feathers. And as you get down to the size of a squirrel, you look at your paws in front of you and where you would normally see brown and, and, and sort of a, a tan color to, to the squirrel, you can see that the fur is just very slightly red. So seeing this and seeing this form that this has taken in this environment, uh, I'm going to find the nearest tree, uh, climb up, and I'm going to start weaving my way through the network of trees. Uh, I'm going to start listening in on conversations people are having. I'm going to get a better sense of the town and its architecture and structure and layout. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to listen for just the town gossip, the happenings, the goings-on, but I'm gonna try to pay particular attention to any time someone mentions Kalen or conflict or violence or uh, things of that nature. Uh, I, I know that that's a very broad action that might take some time. That's, yeah, that's but. okay. Um, okay, I'm gonna have you make an insight check for me. Seven, not the worst. Seven. Um, you dart from tree to tree, and you can start to listen into conversations. The first couple that you come across uh, are, are gossip, yes, but it seems to be very personal 
gossip. It does not seem to concern anything that you're that you're listening to. Um, the first uh, the first group that you come across are um, there. There is uh, two human men and one half orc woman, and they seem to be gossiping about how um, the the baker that they normally go to has started to raise his prices and how they aren't too happy about that. Um, although they're debating back and forth whether that increase in price is worth the product itself. Um, you come across a couple of other conversations in ver- a very similar vein. It seems like this town as a whole is sort of a, a quiet place. It's It doesn't seem that these people's problems are on a very large scale. It seems to be sort of very personal problems. Um, But you do look around and you don't hear anything concerning Kaelin. You don't hear anything concerning conflict. But after about an hour and a half, of trying to listen to people. You hear the word Iron Lake. Hmm. Uh, the, who do I hear that from? Is it two people? Is it a small group? Is it like one person making a note and something? Like, what is it? Uh, how do I, what's As you're the context? from tree to tree, you almost miss it. As you land on one tree, you you jump from one tree and land on another, and as you land, some of the the leaves rustle together, and you're mainly listening to the leaves rustling, but just just off in a corner, you hear the word iron light, which catches your attention. You look over, and you can see in between two buildings, um, which, as you look around and, and come into more of the center of Keed, um, it doesn't seem like there are any two-story buildings. All these buildings seem to be one story, very low to the ground, very simply built. Um, But in between two of these buildings, you can see two, what appear to be two human men talking. Uh, As I listen to their conversation, I obviously hear one of them say, Aaron, like, do I hear any, I'm just going for proper names. Uh, Do they bring up any name or location or uh, type of or uh, type of like spot more than once or or do they refer to something over and over again what's the nature of their conversation as you begin listening to this conversation more and more you um, you hear one man say to the other I don't think so I think she was just I think she's just uh, a passerby I don't I don't th- we have no reason to think that she's part of the Iron Light. The other man replies, I don't think we should take our chances either way. She's has the potential to be dangerous. And I think we should let someone know about this. But she, she did good for us. I just, I... I don't know. I say let her pass through. If she stays for more than a week, I don't think we should. I think we should probably go and tell someone if she stays more than a week. If not, she'll just pass right through and and she'll be on her way. All right. Um. I'll I'll give her I'll give her a week. 
But then after that, we're going to start telling people. As I hear this, I'm going to make my way down toward uh, one side of the tree and as quietly as I can, uh, wild shape back into my former form. Uh, as the as the feathers settle and the uh, the fullness of my form is solid once again, I'm going to slowly make my way uh, using my staff, kind of uh, as a walking stick, and and and. Uh, how far? Am, how far? Away, how how close were they to this tree? By the way, you were pretty much directly, directly above, above them. them. Yeah, it was okay. close enough to to where you could. They were speaking somewhat softly, and you could hear them very clearly. Uh, this is my own lack of knowledge on Iron Light lore, but just from my own memories. Uh, what was the what was the colors of the Iron Light Collective that I that I had seen just from going in in uh, in Addersfeld? Um, green and brown. Green and brown. Okay. Yes. Very so, earthly sort of uh, to camouflage with forests seems like. So at, before I would have walked out, I would have stamped my uh, my staff against the ground. And I think this falls under druid craft, if you will uh, humor me. Uh, so it. from the, from the, and it's just a simple tap because this is, you're dealing with color and light. Uh, you're, you're going to see the color of the crystal change and instead shine a bluish, like a burnt bluish uh, light coming out of the center of the crystal as I, as I walk toward these, these two and uh, say, I know your business is your own, but I couldn't help over here. Somewhat of your conversation. Uh, you'd mentioned you suspect the Iron Light. They may have a presence here. Yeah, have you heard or seen anything? Well, I must admit I not quite sure myself of the, their true nature. Whether they can be trusted or not, I... Uh, and then I look around a little bit. May not have seen my like before. I come from a place far, far away from here. I was uh, sent myself to, to see if these lands uh, even possess members of this disparate group. What, what do you even know of the Iron Light itself? My knowledge is scant at best. Well, um, we know if, if you come across one, just be careful. We, we try and stay away. They, they are nothing but trouble and cause nothing but chaos and death. Well, uh, and, I, and I press my crystal close to their eyes. I was told that if you... And I uh, sort of scan from side to side. Uh, up by their heads. I, I was actually told that if, uh, if a member of the Iron Light looks upon these hues, they will have no choice but to out themselves as as members. And and I uh, graze the light amongst their eyes. I can tell that the two of you are clearly not not members because nothing of your countenance changed at all when this light passed above your eyes. But. Perhaps if uh, you bring me to this person that, that you perhaps suspected, 
and we uh, talk to this person, maybe my trick will work on them. Can they can they tell that I'm clearly bullshitting them? Make a deception okay. check. Okay, all right, uh, yeah. Uh, Ah, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a four. <laughs> they look you up and down, very clearly <laughs> suspicious. Um, well, I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know if that's a really a good test, but I could, I could take you to where I last saw her. I don't, I, I don't even know if she was part of the Iron Light. Um, it, it looked like she was. I haven't seen one personally in a very long time. Um, but I can take you to where I last saw her. That would be great. It uh, behooves me to make sure that on some level I know their presence or non-presence. What are your names, by the way? Um, my name is Dorsten, and my friend here is Bregg. Bregg, Dorsten, are you natives of this place? Um, yeah, we've been here all of our lives. So you know, if you would know more than a passersby if anything would be out of ordinary, out of the ordinary. We were able to spot it right away. Um, not too many newcomers here to Keed. Though, when they do come, most of the time we are welcome, though, not to Iron Light. Yes, please. Uh, take me to this last point where you might have encountered this this person that you suspected. All right, right this way. And uh, Dorsten leads you off down sort of towards the river. And he leads you down to a place that's, that's a little bit sort of on the outskirts of town. And you can see that there's this little handmade dock there. Um, it doesn't look super well-crafted, though it seems functional. Um, and he walks out onto the dock, sort of points his hands down, right here. This is not... Yeah, um, well, I was, I was coming back. I took my boat out earlier today, and, well... When I came back, I saw what appeared to be a, a young half-elven woman who had her her sword out was alight with these green flames, and there was, well, it seemed to be something in the water that she was entangled with. As you, something was, she was wrestling with something? It seemed that she was in some sort of combat with with a, uh, a, a a creature that was coming out of the water. It seemed to be well, it might sound crazy, but made of the water itself. As I as I rode closer to see if I could be of any assistance, I don't know what assistance that would be, but that was my instinct. I got closer, and it seemed that she came out victorious. And she walked off of the dock back into the forest. Been here all your lives. Is there something about the waters here that is innately alive? Like a consciousness within the water? 
Not that I'm aware of. I've I've been here my entire life, and I've never seen anything like that creature. It did seem to be a creature. It it seemed so. And uh, she just went sort of, and he points off into off into the forest. Just sort of went off there. Forest, uh, he's pointing toward. Is that on the opposite bank of the river, or is that... no? That is on the the side of the river that you are on. Oh, okay. All right. Um. Okay. You have been a great help. If there are any more rumblings of the iron light, then heed. We will root them out. Uh, I'm going to give them like slaps on the shoulder. Uh. Also, if you could keep this between us, it is very important. You didn't see me today. As I uh, walk toward the forest that, that they had directed me for. All right. Um, they, seem, they seem a little confused just at this strange interaction, uh, but they seem to, to walk back towards where you first saw them. Um, and as you walk in closer towards the forest... Um, the trees begin to get more and more dense. There's more of them around you. And you notice that the bark of the trees itself is also this, this maroon color, uh, which, which sort of plays beautifully that, this, that the wood is a darker maroon and the leaves themselves are almost a, a brighter red. But as you're walking through, I'm going to have you make a perception check for me. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. I keep getting really great rolls. You're doing good on perception today. As you're looking through the forest, and you just sort of start glancing back and forth, trying to inspect where this person that you heard of went, you feel like you know forests pretty well. And you know what a, say, bird landing on a branch sounds like. You know what a squirrel skittering across a tree looks like. You know how many leaves would be affected by that. Off to your right, you hear something up in the tree, much bigger than any bird or squirrel. You hear leaves being rustled just ever so faintly. But a creature definitely larger than would normally be in a tree. Is it just trees around? Are there, based on the landscape of this forest, are there, are there like, like boulders? Are there, are there any things that jut out amongst the trees, or is this all as you, organic matter? As you look around, you see trees on either side of you, and the faintest remnants of a stone pathway beneath your feet. Though now at this point, long covered by red leaves, dirt, overgrowth, grass um, peeking up in between each of the stones. And you can see larger stones, probably about the size of, about the size of your head, not too big. Stones sort of marking the edges of this path moving forward. And every 15 feet or so, you can see square stones 
about a foot by a foot by a foot. Four of them stacked on top of each other, marking distance and and just trailing off into the forest. That's the only non-natural thing that you see around you. Uh, and which direction? I heard that I heard a rustling of a of a creature up and, and to your right. Up and to the right, maybe maybe two or three trees away from you. I'm wondering, and it's your call on this. Uh, I'm wondering. I want to be able to camouflage myself by casting meld into stone on the stone path itself. Is there enough mass of stone there for me to be able to do that? What are the requirements of the spell? Uh, as long as it is. A, a surface of stone large enough to fully contain my body, I can meld into it. I'm going to say yes. All right. Brilliant. You <laughs> begin casting the spell, and it takes you a second just because there is so much growth and on dirt on the path itself. Right. It, it takes you a second to find grasp on that stone, but you are able to cast your spell. So, uh, the synapses and electricity in my mind just becomes completely still as the light that was once in my crystal, uh, just goes out and withers and hardens. And from the center of the crystal, you see it, uh, pop and it starts to contain the colors of the stones on the path, uh, as every molecule of my being just goes still and almost gets frozen in time as the stillness of myself laying along the path uh, it almost speeds up in a sort of uh, decay as as if time were taking its course and building a a mound Uh, and slowly but surely uh, I take on the character and the uh, attributes of the stone path itself as my physical being becomes indistinguishable from the path itself. And you sit there in your stone form for a second. It's very quiet all around you. You can hear the natural sounds of, of a slight breeze rustling the trees. When all of a sudden, A humanoid figure jumps from one of the trees, lands on the path. You can see a dark black cloak with a hood up. Figure standing about six feet tall. You can't see their face. They reach to their side. Slowly unsheathe a sword. And with two taps, the sword lights up with green flames. And that's where we're going to end this session. (laughs) I got you. (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna call it right there thank you all so much for listening and we can't wait to see y'all again next week bye nerds bye nerds hey nerds it's rebecca here thanks so much for listening if you like what you're hearing please go ahead and like share subscribe on any platform if you're listening to this on your phone go to the app that you're listening to this on and drop us something anything um it really truly helps the more people who like us share us subscribe to us, the more people see us. So there actually is like a direct one-to-one connection. So um, if you like what you're hearing and you want your friends to also like what they're hearing, share it with them. Okay. Bye, nerds.
Um, it's helpful when you're loud. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect.